It is now time to experience the buzz. A podcast that takes an inside look at amazing people doing amazing things. Get ready for some great conversation that will be fascinating, educational, and inspiring. We will also leave room to help small businesses in a big way. Now, here's your host, entrepreneur Steve Buzzard. Hello, everyone, and welcome into another edition of Experience the Buzz. I am your host, Steve Buzzard, and today it is episode 106, and it's been a while. It's been a while since we've talked sports, so I have brought in my son, Max Buzzard, part of the Banter Bros. We tried to get Toph, but family calling, so Toph's doing those duties, but I have got a great conversation for you with Max as we are going to hit it all. We're going to hit Sacramento Kings. We're going to hit World Cup. We're going to hit baseball. We're going to hit football on all levels, uh, NFL, college, as well as Sac State. We've got to give Sac State some love. They're doing some great things. But uh, we'll get to more of that in a second. But right now, it is time for What's the Buzz? So I have just got to tell you, <laughs> listen, we have three parts of Experience the Buzz. Experience the Buzz, the foundation is the interview, right? The interview with people that we've done for 106 episodes, okay? An offshoot of that within Experience the Buzz has been Heavy Metal Thunder, okay? And Heavy Metal Thunder, I think we've done seven or eight of those segments. You'll get one today as we are going to feature uh, Tesla's Mechanical Resonance, okay? And that's been a lot of fun. We've tagged that on. But I have to tell you, there's something else that we've been doing, and now we've banked 20 to 25 of these. It's called First Look. I Listen, if you like, excuse me, let me say this. If you love heavy metal, you're going to love First Look, all right? What it is, is it's videos that are sent to me by my producer, Michael Kenobi, and now we've got people that are viewing it on our YouTube channel that are suggesting songs, and they are heavy metal songs in which I do not know the band. I don't know what they look like. I don't know what they sound like. And I've never seen the video. So I don't do any background. And if I know anything about the band, I'll say something. Okay. Before I preview it, we watched, I watched the video. I give you reaction. It's raw. And then I give you a rating. Now, the reason I say that is because before we started first look, all right. And listen, I'm not into the subscriber thing. I love that you want to subscribe and I hope you do subscribe. But here's the deal. We were at, I think, 17 when we started, okay? We are now currently at 250 and rising. And listen, that may not sound like a big deal to you, but that's a big deal to me. And I'm pretty pumped about it. I'm so excited. So even if you don't like heavy metal, I just want to invite you to check it out. We've had a couple of the episodes that have really, I guess you say, gone viral. Uh, Lorna Shore being one band and then Falling in Reverse. And just recently, the lead singer of Falling in Reverse, his name's Ronnie Radke. He actually did a video reacting to my reaction of his video. So that's pretty cool. Just giving us a, you know, a little bit more exposure. So anyway, I know that's going down a rabbit hole, but I wanted to share that with you because it has been so fun and we are rattling them off and I would say it's worth checking out. So the first look segment is only available on YouTube. Okay. The rest obviously is both audio and video. And of course that is 
What's the buzz? Okay, now let's go ahead and talk about our guest. It is Max Buzzard. He is back with us. You have heard him before. It's been a while, and uh, you're going to hear that within the segment. So we're going to dive into all those subjects I was telling you about. It's a lot of fun. Man, I love talking sports, and it's a lot of fun to talk sports with my boys. In this case, just Max just going back and forth, getting that banter going, and having some fun about it. And that's the, the relationship that I love having with my boys is definitely sports is a big thing, right? I was their manager. I was their coach, but now we're full grown adults, or at least they are now, and we can have these type of conversations and even in a podcast, it's pretty cool. So without further ado, let's get to it. We're talking sports with Max Buzzard right here on Experience the Bus. All right, and welcome in, everyone. We are so glad you have decided to join us. I am very excited to bring you one half of the Banter Bros, it is, oh, it's my son, Max Buzzard. Max, how you doing, buddy? Doing good, yeah. Excellent, and I know some time has passed since we've gotten together, but I think it's a good thing because we have so much to talk about. Yeah. Well, let's get Absolutely. updated first, okay? First of all, the other half of the Banter Bros, Tofe Buzzard, family calls. Yeah. Couldn't make it tonight for, you know, this, uh, this version of the segment that we're going to do, but uh, that's all good. Getting ready for Christmas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, he's just chilling. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, chilling with P and Bailey. All right, and then how about an update on the boys? You know, the boys within the text, you know, a little oh, Nick. Yeah. Give me some Nick, Nick Hilton and Kirk Langley update. Yeah, well, uh, Kirk Langley's doing great. Uh, gotten to get gotten to get together with him a little bit his birthday a couple weeks ago you know so we're out there in the real world hanging out it's nice adulting um yeah and uh yeah you know we just went through a tough U usc loss but uh we got we'll to talk watch, about that got to watch the first half together and i think it kind of eased our pain a little bit but uh yeah and uh nick hilton he's out there in chadron nebraska coaching a uh division two i believe it is chadron state uh, the Eagles, they started out 0-3. They had a, a couple close losses, one in overtime, one regulation that came down to like the last minute. And then uh, now they're on a five-game win streak. So Nick Hilton is feeling good right now, even though he told us they are not playing up to their potential. But that's what a I, coach always says. Yeah, though, that's right? all exactly. That's yeah. what we said. But that that's a good sign for sure. And I think Toph was able to – actually watch and keep track on stream and he was letting me and Kirk know about the game and uh, he said the Eagles looks pretty good so they're flying high right now all right so that's the update and uh, by the way if you're looking this looking at this on video I am not taller than Max just so you know it's just kind of a deception thing I, it's really it's a chair right there we go it's kind of like that right but uh, we like I said we have so much to talk about and catch up so I'm just gonna like throw the bullet points out there we mentioned USC because that actually is a big deal in our family and we really haven't discussed that because it's been a long time since they've had a great team and this year it happened but uh, you know it fell short against Utah we'll talk about that Sacramento Kings I mean wow we're, we're very excited about that Las Vegas Raiders another team we love uh, the Oakland A's in baseball. There was a World Series that was won by the Houston Astros, and now you got the winter meetings, which are a lot of fun in baseball. So I, I want to kick it off with the Kings. I mean, because really, I think that's the exciting thing. They currently sit, as we are recording this, at 13-9, and nine, the number five seed in the West, 
And I know it's cautious optimism, but I almost feel like we're past that now. Throw it out the window. Yeah. We're Kings fans. It's been 16 years. It's the most well-documented thing. It's attached to this city. Uh, we haven't had anything since Kevin Martin. And some people probably don't even know who the hell Kevin Martin is. <laughs> but he was an incredible player that got us to the playoffs. Uh, and that was even after Bibby. And um, It's just crazy to think about. Yeah. But we cannot hold anything back. Once we got to 500 and then got above it, we have every single right to be as giddy as possible, as optimistic as possible, and to get absolutely pissed off whenever we lose now. It's like, we, it's, it's a great thing to be able to have now. It's, I can't believe it. Light the beam. Light the beam. And, and that in itself, what a great idea. I have to admit, I've actually been looking to get Matina Colocatronis on the program. I am working hard because I heard that she may be the person or one of the people behind the idea. And I know it's simple, but it's brilliant. And it really, I don't know, it's really brought the city together. I remember when we went to the game, that was our excitement. Of course, the Kings win where they scored, they dropped a 151 in their game. And then we go outside and we see the beam. There's something to it. And people are absolutely loving it. Yeah. I think, you know, you can look at it as cheesy or whatever. No. But I, I don't think so at all because, like I said, the city of Sacramento, something that we have always done is rally behind the Kings no matter what. Even in this drought, you can look to other sports like baseball where the Seattle Mariners just ended their drought this year mm -hmm. and I'm sure the people of Seattle can tell you how incredible it was but I think there's a difference I don't they're they weren't packing out the house for the last 15 years while they were on their drought the Kings Arco every single year at Golden One Center it's been packed house we have the best fans remember we were the sixth man that was a huge thing at Arco um it's it's just so great for the city of Sacramento. And I work at a school, uh, and even the kids at that school are telling me about the beam. And I'm like, this is amazing. I'm almost 25 years old, and I have a five-year-old telling me how cool it was that they got to see the beam. You know, It's bringing everybody together. It's so awesome. So let's give you a little backdrop, because as Kings fans, you know, yeah, it's been a long time. It's been 16 years a uh, little background on me. I actually worked for the Kings during those times when it was great. Uh, in 1999, I was the public address announcer, and that was the strike-shortened season that was led by Jason Williams at point guard. You had a Weber, a Devots, and then the team built, obviously. We know what happened against the Lakers, but those times at Arco Arena were like no other. And we feel like this year, it is definitely hitting different than what we've been used to. I don't think there's going to be a drop-off. And let's go ahead and get into the nuts and bolts. I mean, let's start with the coach, Mike yeah. Brown. It's, it's interesting to think that they started, what, 0-4, 0-5, and, yeah, and, and we're like, oh, no. But uh, that quickly turned around. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. When I heard that he got hired, I was just like, oh, man, another Warriors assistant coach. Okay, that's easy to pick. It's like... You think about Bill Belichick, right? The Raiders chose Josh McDaniels, a guy, and we'll get into the Raiders too. Oh, yes, because we will. It's it's like the most insane roller coaster of emotions for that team. But with the Kings, I was like, oh, I don't know, you know. But 
I did listen to his interviews and it's felt different. It's like, I think that's easy to say once again, like, oh, Max, what do you know? But seriously, I don't know, Dad. I think maybe you share the same sentiment. Mike Brown just seems like he gets it. I think he knows the importance. And I think what we've missed on coaches in the past is that they have just tried to come in and like make the players feel good. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, we can do this. But there was no real like pushing the responsibility onto your star players. And Mike Brown, this year multiple times during timeouts, has taken De'Aaron Fox, our star player, Mm -hmm. who we gave a max contract to, onto the court and showing him how to play better defense. You don't see that a lot. Like that that is what is so incredible to me is we have good players and we're a good team, but they're still they're still learning so much. And that's why, yeah, I don't think it's a fluke. Yeah. Because what if, you know, what if they get another piece that fits with Sabonis and Fox and then you're like, whoa, this team is hard to beat. But I can't believe those words came out of my mouth. But yeah. it's just the truth. I know. That's the thing. Everything that we're saying is like completely different from what we're used to. And you're a grown adult now, right? Because <laughs> yeah. the last time, 16 years, you do the multi or the subtraction right there. You were eight years old when they went to the playoffs the last time. So it is exciting to be able to have this type of conversation. And, you know, breaking it down, you look at the season where they started. They had the Ofer, and we're like, oh my goodness. And even within those games, they were actually close. I think there was one or two blowouts where you're like, okay, not too good. But what we found with this team, very resilient, and they can score. It's very exciting. It's kind of like that last year of Dave Yeager, that kind of team. But now they're playing defense when defense needs to be played because Mm -hmm. even on that big road trip, two of those losses could have went the Kings' way. Then you throw in a seven-game win streak. They lose three in a row, but then come back strong and blow out two teams, including a road win against the Clippers. Again, I'm like you. I can't believe I'm saying this. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy to think about. But I think that's a very important thing to point out. In today's modern NBA, defense still wins you championships, but it's timely defense. Look, the NBA, everyone is averaging 115 points. It's about who's going to average 125 and who's going to get the stops when it matters most. And that's what you've seen with the Kings. And I think Mike Brown knows that so well. He knows there is so much work to be done on the defensive side, but these like you have Malik Monk getting chased down blocks. Like what is that? You know? Like that that is stuff that truly has to be it has to be taught and then the players have to buy in and do it. It it makes me think of like Bob Melvin. Never has had like the top tier players, but has been able to implement what he knows can help a team flourish. And I think that's Brown. And in the NBA, you have 13 assistant coaches now. Like they get three rows to themselves. And apparently, it is strange. It is weird. And apparently, a bunch of those assistant coaches, like they really are doing a lot of good work in the, with the players. Okay. And I've got a side note and it's dress attire, but I'm not going to get to it yet. <laughs> We're going to save it because it really bugs me right now. Coaches do not wear suits anymore. No. Okay. They are now just casually dressed. And that was because of the pandemic. Anyways, we'll put that to the side. Who sticks out for you? I mean, they're, that's the thing is that this team is so deep. But when you look at the team, what has been, you think, the catalyst for what is going on right now? I would say Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. I think in the in early season, and I mean, it's still early, but Kevin Herter, it was like, oh my goodness. And he gets his buckets. He's had a little tough stretch. 
But Malik Monk hasn't had a tough stretch yet. Yeah. And I think that's so important because they asked him last night if Mike Brown came to him talking to him about what his role is going to be. And he said that Brown has been very like open communication uh-huh. wise and letting him know like Malik, you are important. We need you. And coming off the bench, you're going to be our sixth man. And I'm going to get you that sixth man of the year. Mike Brown cares about his players and Malik Monk. It's the perfect fit because it's a one year deal. A team who hasn't been there in 16 years it's like, and he played with LeBron last year. Yep. He knows the big stage. I, I think he's the catalyst. Well, it's interesting because our last guest, last week's guest, Scott Abbott, who is the executive director of the California International Marathon, we were at the expo at the convention center and we just started having this discussion about the Kings. And he mentioned about Monk. What he had heard is that Monk is the heartbeat of this team. He's the guy that is really bringing this team together. Like you have great individuals, but no one has stepped up like Malik Monk is. So I think that's very interesting. For me, Sabonis. I am loving it because to me, it's just a reminder of the days when everything went through a guy named Vlade Divac. And Vlade was the difference maker in taking the Kings to the next step. And I was thinking about, I was saying, who would be the one player you would not want to lose to a serious injury? And to me, it's Sabonis because I think everything runs through him. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think it would be really hard. I. Because we, we've seen the Kings play without Fox before, and they can get it done. Donovan Mitchell has been able to step up before. But if you lose a bonus, you're going back to Rashawn Holmes, who, look, I love him. And I was happy we gave him the money we did, but that was before we had Sabonis. And now Holmes, his role is just, he doesn't even play really. So it would be really hard to figure out the way. And that's the great part about Mike Brown is I think he could. But like we said, we hope not. Also, Dad, just the fact that it's been 10 minutes and we just now mentioned Fox and Sabonis. Right. That also brings me back to the glory days when you had guys like, I mean, I know Peja was a top player on our team, but it was Vlade, Weber, Bibby. Those were the guys you thought about. And then you get Peja hitting every shot. You have a guy like Hito Turkoglu. You have a guy even like Gerald Wallace or something like that. You know, it's right. like you need those guys on the bench. And then you have your dogs, Fox and the Ox. Yeah, Fox you know? and the Ox. And then we haven't even mentioned like Terrence Davis, who I think yeah. has been big this year. Davion Mitchell, you can see now his growth. I mean, these guys don't have to score as much, but uh, Davis had the one game where he scored 31. You're like, okay, if this happens in a game where somebody else can shine, here's the big difference for me. Not all the weight of the team is on the shoulders of De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, that's huge. And I I do think this is his all-star year, but we've seen in the last couple games, he's been a little bit, not like he hasn't been putting up 30 points. And that's the thing is like, we're, we get so caught up in like, oh, he was averaging 27 and now he's averaging 18. He's so weak. It's like, no. Darren also knows his role and he knows that sometimes he doesn't have to do that. But, you know, those close losses, you're always like, man, why didn't Darren take charge? And I think that's just his growth as a player. I mean, he's so young, but he's been in the league a couple of years now. Like this might be his sixth year, I right. believe, yep. which is crazy to think about. But, um, No, it's exciting stuff. And uh, how do you feel about uh, the rookie Keegan Murray? He had a really... We haven't even talked about Keegan. Really hot start and then a real tough 
segment there of a couple games, and he's kind of coming back. Well, let's start. Let's start with this. I'll be Scott Moak. You'll be the crowd. Keegan (laughs) Murray. Love it. Okay, another brilliant idea. I think it's been great because he's been able to struggle, and the Mm. team is still doing well, Mm. which tells me when this guy starts getting hot and starts playing like he was in the preseason. It just lifts them to another level. Yeah. Mike Brown is going to have the wherewithal to find out where his spot mm-hmm. is going to be. And he had the death of his grandmother. I know that was really yeah. big and affected him and everything. So I'm not worried at all. That's good. Like, he's yeah. going to be great. I know. I'm not, I'm not worried either. It's, uh, there's just a couple times in the Banter Rose podcast we were like, man, we like we this team definitely needs Keegan Murray to, to be a guy. I agree. And I think once he it like takes that next step. Which it's his rookie year. He's played what well, we're thirteen and nine. He's played in twenty two games. I think he might have missed a game or two. Yeah. But it's like you can't be so harsh on a player. And when he showed flashes, it, he he can play in the league. Mm-hmm. He'll just have to go through his you know the tough times. So all right. Well, we, I mean, we're both thumbs up on the Sacramento Kings, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this no, is this, no. This is it, it's. Yeah. It's done this year. Yeah. It's over. The drought's over. Okay, so let's take care of the side note thing, and you can just chime in on this. Big deal, not a big deal. Coach is going casual on the sideline. Not a big deal for me, but I remember watching the U.S. men's soccer team, and I hated how the, <laughs> the coach was just wearing Nike t-shirts. Weird stuff. And then we lose to the Netherlands and their coach is all dappered up. Yep. So it's like, you know, come on. You got to, I mean, you're at the World Cup. Maybe you should. Think you know what? It. We'll just call this a little bonus. Your thoughts on the World Cup. They got through to the next round. Yeah. Lost to the Netherlands. You know, yeah. your overall take. Look, I'm not a big soccer guy. I'm not going to claim I am. But I talked to a couple friends that are. And uh, the overwhelming response was that it's exciting and that the U.S. is going in the right direction. We have we had, I think, the second youngest team of all of the countries mm-hmm. um, that qualified for the World Cup. And the fact we made it to the knockout round is a pretty good start. Four more years, Christian Pulisic will be that much better. And I think we'll have a couple stars on the squad and see what happens. Okay, very good. And your prediction, are you going with England? Is England your team? Eng- I know England's really good, but Brazil. Yeah. Brazil... Oh, yeah, and then you have Messi and Ronaldo still in it. So, mm. of course, it would be kind of cool because those this is their last World Cup. So And they're legends. Yeah, yeah. they're legends. Okay, so look, we threw a little soccer in there. And so to end segment one, um, I think uh, we go ahead and go back to something you know we haven't talked about, and that was the World Series. The Houston Astros taking out the Philadelphia Phillies, but I think both you and I would agree, Max, that watching the run by the Philadelphia Phillies – was great for baseball. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it was it was unexpected. They beat the Braves and then who did they play in the second round? Oh. Cuz they beat the Braves yes. and, and then, then they was it the Padres? It was the Padres. Yes. It was the Padres. Or did they yep, play Padres, another team? You know, the Padres knocked out the Dodgers. That's right. Yeah. Cuz you go DSCS. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then they beat the Padres. So. Yeah. I mean, I what the only props I have for the Astros is Dusty Baker. I That's think. it. Yeah, Sacramento it. legend. Uh, yeah, if you're an Astros fan, whatever. But I mean, yeah. The, the only thing, and listen, we're A's fans, so we see it at one level. But I can, if I brought on a Yankee fan or a Dodger fan, uh, it'd be much different. It'd be much <laughs> more heightened. Here's the deal: 
no one got punished. The only person that got punished was the manager who then came back and managed the Detroit Tigers. And Alex Cora, who Boom. managed the Red Sox. Right. So. I mean, he sat up for a year, but nothing to Bregman, Altuve, Gurriel, nothing. And yeah. so that, to me, just does not sit well. Plus, they did not admit it. Okay, so again, yeah, for me... For me, as a baseball fan, that reminded me of the steroids era when the questions were being asked, and one of my favorite players, Mark McGuire, did not own up to it for many, 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 many years. Okay, so boom. All right. So anyways, Astros win. A quick take on the A's. Last piece of the puzzle, Sean Murphy looks like he's on his way to another team. This could be, you know, listen, okay, it's just going to be a long window. That's that's just how I'm going to put it. You think? Yeah, I I do. Yeah, um, it sucks. Uh, it sucks because ah. I think the hardest part for me is it feels like we're on our way out of Oakland. Yeah, and it's like it's something that I just will not, I will not want to think about until I we get the final word. I think right. the hardest part has been there's been like you get a positive like one month and then you wait like six months and it's like oh now they're backtracking and it's like okay can we get a deal done to stay in oakland doesn't feel like it and when you suck really bad on the field you at least want something good to be going on and it's not so i i honestly send out my love to all a's fans because i don't know why we do this and let's take this scenario let's take it back to when they decided to kind of i give give grace and mercy to Bob Melvin to pursue to pursue the the Padres job which by the way he obviously did very well that was awesome to watch but let's say they said you know what bob we want you to stick around for one more year okay so it starts there because he was the domino that then affected everything else that that went after that folks in the off season last year it was not a normal off season for the A's yes the A's lose great players they you usually you lose like one or two at a time. It was a fire sale. Like we lost like nine or ten. Okay, which is pretty much your whole team. So if Bob Melvin stays. That means all of the other guys, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman. I think they decide. You know what? We stick it out for one more year. And I think the one year, which would have been this year, would have made a big difference because depending on what they would have done this year, it would have been that nice push. To get to the new stadium. And I agree with you. I feel like it's going the opposite way. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to think about. You know. Because there's some people out there that will seriously. If they ever hear that I'm an A's fan. They'll just be like. Oh they're going to Vegas. And like people don't understand the gravity of that. You know. Yeah. Like we all have things that we really are passionate about. And um, some people think it's silly to be super passionate about uh, some things in sports. But the A's hold a huge place in all of our hearts. Uh, my grandpa played for uh, that franchise back when they were in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. It's like people all, don't always understand, like, no, I don't want them in Vegas, even if it means, oh, they're going to get a new stadium and they're going to spend more money on players. Honestly, that's not what matters to me. And I know if you ask the people in the right field bleachers and left field mm-hmm. bleachers and season ticket holders, I know they would say the same thing. So it's like people are like, oh, the financial situation's so bad. It's like, yeah, it's because the owner, the owner isn't necessarily going to sell the team even if they move. So it's just, it's a bummer. And I miss Matt Chapman and I miss Matt Olson. And there's been rumors that even Murphy could go to the Braves where Olson is. And I'm just like, 
Dude, this is so painful. But it's like all I can talk about, all I talk about with my cousin is, oh, what prospects are we going to get back? They better be good. It's a sad life to live as a fan. It is a sad life. My goodness. So, you know, that's the A's in a nutshell. Talked about the Astros. One last thing on baseball. A favorite time that we enjoy in the offseason are the winter meetings. And already things are heating up. And it's so weird being an A's fan because, you know, an Aaron Judge... Um, uh, Jacob DeGrom, uh, just, uh, Justin Verlander, Trey Turner, all four big signings that just took place. We understand that does not happen in Oakland, right? You, they get those key free agents along the way, but it is fun to see big players move in big ways with these absolutely huge contracts. Yeah. Your comments. Yeah. I mean, Turner got 11 years, 300 million. Man. Verlander got two years, 86 million. If you can't do the math, that's 43 million per year for a 40 year old. Although he did just win the Cy Young. So he's got it in the tank. Him and Scherzer probably will have it in the tank till they're 50. But, uh, yeah. And then you get DeGrom coming to the AL West. So he's going to shut out the A's about four times this year. That'll be fun. But we did get him on the last outing. Yeah, we did. We shelled him for like yeah, five just runs. just so <laughs> randomly. The worst team in the MLB. And uh, yeah, and Judge hasn't signed yet, but he's going to very soon. And we do hope that it is not with the San Francisco Giants. I want everyone to be clear on that. We do not want him on the Giants because we don't like the Giants around these parts, okay? Because where were you guys last year? Huh? Where were you? Where were the fans? Yeah, they weren't caring about their team. And now you hear about Judge and you're like, oh, I wish he was here. Yeah, well, I hope he chooses the Yankees. Well, yeah. I, th- I think that's where he lands. Yeah. You know, and and the other thing about the Giants, too, is like Carlos Rodon is going to be on the move. Yeah. Okay, so you're going to lose pitching, key pitching. So I think that's where Judge is going. I mean, for Judge, it's he's got to be smart here. Like, he's going to get the money no matter where he goes. I would think he's the guy that's saying, I want a title, yeah, right? He's... he's- He's right? 30 years old. He's yep. almost, I think he's 31 now. So he's like, his stardom came in his late 20s, early 30s, which is not uh, not very common. So he's already on the back end of 30, which in baseball, that means that you're not going to get it. I mean, he's going to get a huge contract. Right. Him. But yeah, you're right, Dad. I think um, I've heard the Boston Red Sox. I've heard the Mets. I've heard Yankees. Like, there's teams that are calling that aren't necessarily always in the running, but when you have a guy like Aaron Dude, Judge, who if just hit he 62, went to the Red could Sox, could you imagine Chris oh. Meyer might lose his cap? Chris, I love you, man. I, I am, that doesn't happen. For I root for the Red Sox. That would be incredible. That's only happened like a couple of times where you've had players. Well, like Johnny gone. Damon. Yes, Johnny Damon well, being he one. He went from Red Sox to Yankees, yes. right? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. A's, Red Sox, Yankees. Oh, my oh. goodness. Wow. That would be crazy. Okay. Well, that is the first segment. Uh, we're going to dip away for a break. Resetting. This is uh, one of the banter bros. It is Max Buzzard, my son. And we're just talking sports today. That's right. We had a lot to catch on. So uh, we hit it. We hit Sacramento Kings. We hit World Cup. And we hit baseball. When we come back, we're going to turn our attention to football. That's right. Talk about the Las Vegas Raiders and their roller coaster season. And then we're going to talk about USC. An exciting season that just came up a little bit short. So don't go anywhere. A word from our sponsors coming your way. You're listening to Experience the Buzz.
All right, I hope you enjoyed that first segment there with Max Buzzard talking a little basketball, World Cup, and baseball. I want to thank our four sponsors. Very grateful to the four that have been with me on this program. That's right. They believe and I believe in them. I want to start off with Pit Boss Jerky. Big news for Pit Boss Jerky. Joe Green and this incredible beef jerky has now made its way into Amy's. That's right. Amy's Hardware with the two locations in Sacramento and the new location in El Dorado Hills. He told me about opening weekend, which happened a couple weeks ago, and he said, it was dynamite. They sold out of all of their beef jerky that they had up there. So definitely, if you want to get it in person, go to Amy's Hardware. Also, I believe they are an Ace Hardware and three Ace Hardwares that are local. I don't have the exact locations of those, but maybe try an Ace Hardware and look around and see if you see Pit Boss Jerky. And then they're also in Knee Deep uh, Brewery in Auburn. So the wings are spreading. Uh, they have decided, Joe has told me, they're not going to go with the website. They're actually going to get out there locally. Uh, they've been doing very well, keeping it small within the community. So it's available for you. And the other way that you can get your hands on Pit Boss Jerky would be to go to the order board, which is the direct line to Joe Green at 916-769-6807. They have 12 incredible flavors. They have actually discontinued White Bulls Barbecue because apparently the barbecue company moved out of state. <laughs> so they couldn't get their hands on the barbecue sauce like they wanted. So the last flavor, number 12, is back to us. It's Experience the Buzz, named right after this program. Also want to thank Little Whale Swim School. Uh, Anya Hall is the fearless leader of the number one school in Sacramento. That's right. It's always summer at Little Whale. They are located at 4106 El Camino Avenue. You can find them at littlewhaleswim.com. They're all over social media, uh, especially on Instagram and Facebook. You can find them there under Little Whale Swim, or you can call 916-790-5945. It is the premier swim school in Sacramento. Enjoy custom-built indoor facilities. That's right, you're indoors. That means you got to have a nice heated pool. And here's the best part, they're year-round. That's right, they're doing those lessons year-round. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. Third sponsor, want to thank Matt, the mortgage guy, Matt Gouget. Oh man, I love Matt. Matt's doing great things. First of all, helped me and my wife with a refinance. That's what he specializes in with him and his team. And not only are they helping people in Sacramento, they are now partnered with a group called U Mortgage, which now allows Matt and his team to help anybody in the United States of America, which I think is absolutely cool. Matt growing in a big way. He's got a YouTube channel, okay, uh, in which he just basically educates on all these subjects, refinance, loans, buying a house, selling a house, you name it. And he does a live show every Monday at 6 p.m. You definitely want to check that out. And I should tell you the website to find out more about uh, Matt Gouget and his team. That's mtmg.com or you can call 916-802-9291. And I should mention he also has a podcast which is called Get Better Every Day. And of course, he's doing a great job with that as well. And finally, want to thank R5 Stitch and Print, led by Troy Rousey. Their website, r5print.com. You can call them at 
He's helped me out with a lot of stuff uh, when it comes to screen printing and embroidery. He is well-priced and gets things done in a very timely fashion, and the quality of the product is very good. They also have an in-house graphic designer, which is very awesome and very, uh, I would say, a positive thing in the sense that you can really work with someone that can help give you a vision. So whether you have the vision or don't have the vision, R5 Stitch and Print is definitely the place for you. And of course, you need that company swag order. I would go to R5 Stitch and Print. All right, so there you have it. Those are our four sponsoring this show, Experience the Buzz. It's now time for segment number two. Back to Max Buzzard, the banter bro, as we talk football. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode of Experience the Buzz by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Now, back to the show. All right, welcome back in. It is Experience the Buzz. It is episode 106, and we have a guest that's been with us a couple times. Yes, it's my son, Max Buzzer, who, by the way, is getting ready to turn 25, the quarter century. How do you feel about that? I feel good. I'm still not 30 yet, so that's nice. <laughs> uh, but hey, you know what? That's not old. That's not old. I'm not, not. I'm not getting old. I'm still young, baby. My dad's young. My mom's young. We're all good here. Uh, yeah, just got to have that positive attitude that that tick on the on the age uh, is not It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Just going to have another great year. Learn some more stuff in life and... Carry on. I love it. Okay, yeah. carry on. There yeah, we go. Yeah. Okay, so we wanted to uh, start segment two by talking football, and uh, we're going to kick things off with the Las Vegas Raiders. Safe to say it's been a crazy season, but here we sit, and they actually have a shot to still make the playoffs, so you never would have guessed that, but the tides have definitely turned in the last week or two. Please yeah. explain what's going on, Max. So, being a Raiders fan also really sucks. Like, it sucks a lot. We lost them to Vegas. They left Oakland. And by the way, we should say not the same as the A's. There's, It's a much different factor. For one reason, we attend a lot of A's games. Okay, yeah. We were season ticket holders for a good, what, seven, eight, nine years yeah. uh, before we actually let go of them last year. That was a bummer, but for good reason. Um, and with the Raiders, listen, we've been to, I can count it on yeah, one hand. Okay. I've been to two. So we like them in a different way. So I, I yeah. definitely wanted to put that out it's, there. It's a deep love for sure. Yep. But yeah, like when you're not attending, uh, to see a team as much, it's, it's different. Like the, the leaving was really hard because what, what I've always thought about the silver and black as is Oakland, you know, that it's just like the perfect city for what that team stood for. And, I think they've brought that with them to Vegas. I think they're trying to find who they are still as the Las Vegas Raiders. But anyways, it's been a, like an insane year. It's I I it's so difficult being a Raiders fan. Okay, I've I hate Josh McDaniels and I love him more than anyone <laughs> because now we're on a three game win streak and it's just like whoa, we can actually get there. Okay. And should I just lay out the final couple games? Yeah. And what the situation is? Well, yeah, let's go with or the what? good because the the thing that's going through my mind is the low point of the season Oof. that then turned that, you know, from there everything turned around. And so we got to at least throw that out there. The week prior to the game, Jeff Saturday gets hired to be the Colts coach. Now, just so you know, he was a former player 
And then he was a host. He was on TV. They pull him out of the TV studio. He doesn't know much. Nobody on the staff has ever called play for the Colts. And they end up beating the Raiders. So to say that it was the lowest point, I'm actually not even doing that justice. But from there, everything, yeah, turned around. So, yeah, take it from there. I mean, we just beat the Chargers. You know, it's yep. it's hard to, like, understand how we could lose to the Colts. Also, this year, Josh McDaniels and the Raiders have blown three games where they've been winning by 17 or more points. Crazy. In the history of the Raiders franchise, they've only lost five games where they've been winning by 17 or more, and then they lose. That is insane that McDaniels almost has reached that number in one season. But now (laughs) you are seeing Derek Carr was crying at the podium after that Colts loss. And, you know, a lot of people gave him hell. And I understand you're like, you think, it's just like you think leaders are supposed to be a certain way. But not everyone is. Like, Derek Carr is a very emotional person. And we've seen that over the years. He cares a lot. He, uh, it's cool, you know, he's a Christian guy. He always talks about that in his press conferences. And that shows a lot. And some people think it's corny and whatever. But, no, he really cares for everyone in that locker room. It's in, it's unbelievable. You saw his friendship with Khalil Mack, and then when he got traded, it was tar- hard for him. He has his best friend now in Devontae Adams, who, by the way, has about 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns, and people think thought that he would take a step back without Aaron Rodgers. No, 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 no. He's so good. Derek is a good quarterback, and they've won three in a row. Three in a row is a huge thing in the NFL. That's hard to do. Yeah. And if you can continue that, you play the Rams on Thursday night football with their third string quarterback. And they don't have any skill players anymore. It's crazy. Cooper Cup is gone. The Raiders have a chance to get back to six and seven where they're actually in the hunt. How do you feel, Dad, about the silver and black? Well, I think you you ran down the schedule for me, and they're all winnable games for these last couple of weeks, and then they have that finale against the Chiefs, Chiefs. which could then determine them getting into the playoffs. And what they do, they lost to the Chiefs by one point earlier this year, right? where we were up by 17, and then we blew it. I mean, I knew the Chiefs were going to come back, but I was hoping the Raiders could, you know, hold them off, but they didn't. But, of course, it could come down. To the Kansas City Chiefs. It's crazy. Yeah, think about it. So if they go, if they win three more, that would been the then be a six-game win streak, carrying that momentum into the Kansas City game. And let's realize, depending on where Kansas City is at, not that they would lay back, but they might be in a position where they've got things secure. You know what yeah. I mean? As far as like home field event. So there's a lot of scenarios uh, that could play out here. So, you know, as far as them making the playoffs, we feel pretty good about it. You know, would one more win feel even better? Yeah, it would have been nice to get one of those wins that were losses. But you can't look in the past. They have a three-game win streak. you got to deal with what you have. And I I think they're doing a good job. And so it's fun to watch, and we'll see how that plays out. Now, the rest of the NFL, you know, what surprises, you know, have kind of knocked you over the head a little bit this season? Anything stick out for you? Um, Probably, uh, I would say the Dolphins are Mm -hmm. a really good story. Uh, You know, it was... Frightening what happened to Tua earlier in the season, and he's come back, and all he's shown is that he's a really good quarterback. 
Uh, they had a really tough week against the Niners, but Niners are eight and four now, and they're a really good team. That sucks to say, <laughs> but the Raiders will get to play them, and they will not have Jimmy Garoppolo. So that game could be insane. It's in Las Vegas, and the Raiders are going to need to win every game basically for from here on out. So it is going to be wild. But yeah, you know the NFL is always. Um, an entertaining industry, and there's always a lot going on on the field and off the field. You have Tom Brady, you know, crazy stuff off the field, and now he's 6-6 six and six and they have the division lead. And it's just like, okay, well, even when his team suck, he's going to make the playoffs, and who knows what Tom can do. Well, so... You know, yeah, and I think another big story: the Philadelphia Eagles. They had yeah. the big, you know, start to the season. Got their first loss, at which uh, meant the 1972 Miami Dolphins could toast some champagne <laughs> as they do every year. But uh, they still seem to be the real deal, Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Jalen Hurts yeah. is what quite a story there. Uh, Eagles are awesome. Well, and just those type of quarterbacks too. Yeah, Justin it, Fields, who I know is on your fantasy team. Yeah. So Hurts. Fields, Tua, Tua's Lamar. not really, yeah, Lamar, although, man, he's had a rocky he's season. He's had a rough, wow. a rough time. Wow. But yeah, that's that's the type of quarterback, so we'll see. All right, good stuff. So the NFL in the books, and uh, we're going to finish off with college football. So just to give you some background, I graduated from USC in 1991. Um, I was there when Rodney Pete was there. That was my freshman year. So I got to see the Rodney Pete versus Troy Aikman matchup, which was super awesome. Uh, USC went to a couple of Rose Bowls, but my favorite teams were the ones that were quarterback by, are you ready for this? Todd Marinovich. You may remember that name. And uh, one of the classic games that I got to call on the student radio station uh, was Marinovich playing against Tom Tommy Maddox at UCLA and uh, touchdown in the last moments. I think the final minute to corner Johnny Morton, corner of the end zone. Uh, it was at the Rose Bowl and the final score was 45 to 42. Ironically, the USC team this year was like a rock and roll show because we fast forward. And when my kids were younger, including Max, we loved USC with Matt Liner and Reggie Bush. Those were like the best years in USC football that I have ever been able to experience and then been able to experience with you guys as kids and stuff. And we feel like USC reclaimed that magic this year, but again, fell a little short. And I know you were more into it than I was. I was kind of like riding on your coattails, just yeah. like, hey, let me know what happened kind of deal. Yeah. You know, I mean, college football is uh, hard to follow for sure. It's on a Saturday, you know, people still have to work and stuff. It's like, it's not ideal like the NFL where usually you have Sundays off, you can sit down and watch. But yeah, USC is electrifying. That's what happens when you get one of the best coaches in the nation in Lincoln Riley, who has one of the most high-powered offenses. And then he brings over star quarterback Caleb Williams, who really busted onto the scene last year at Oklahoma once their starting QB got hurt. And he came in, and Lincoln Riley never gave the job back to the other quarterback. Uh, Caleb Williams is on the verge of winning the Heisman Trophy. Um, that hasn't been done since Reggie Bush, even though they took away Reggie Bush's Heisman Trophy for no reason. Um, even, you know, and now players can make money, but of course, because they couldn't at that time, Reggie Bush has gotten his Heisman stripped away. But it's, it's, inc I, I love it. It makes me, it does make me think of those times when we were younger. And, you know, just like the Kings, I got my heart broken a bunch by USC with the Texas game and whatnot, but, <sighs> 
USC did get those titles. They got one. Um, I remember the one against Oklahoma very well. Yes. Oklahoma had Adrian Peterson, and we won by about 40. It was incredible. Um, yeah, Bush and Liner. But Caleb Williams is the guy. Heisman Trophy uh, coming to him. Lincoln Riley. And with the transfer portal, they're just going to need to get some defense because if, it's like you see Georgia. I was telling you today, I think Georgia's going to win each game in the playoff by 30, even the title game. Like, they look like an NFL team. It's insane. And their defense is what is what helps their offense. Their defense gets turnovers, sacks, and then their offense can just score on the other side of the field. So, you know, it's uh, it's exciting to have USC be relevant again. Uh, I hate Utah, but, you know, that's whatever. They, uh, they, they get to brag. They beat us twice this year. They're the only reason we're not in the playoff. But, yeah, USC's back, baby. And only for the second year in Nick Saban's career, no Alabama Oof, in the playoff. That's that's, that's really strange. Yeah, they were uh, – people thought for a second maybe when TCU lost, but mm-hmm. – even me, I was like, oh, Alabama's going to get it SEC bias. But luckily, they they rewarded TCU for the great season they had. Um, their quarterback is a Heisman finalist, too, uh, Duggan, Max Duggan. But, um, yeah, no Bama. No Bama. No Bama. It's all right, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got to finish out this way. Sac State. I mean, listen, I know we yeah, don't. Yeah, you got to tell me. I know they okay. had an insane year. Okay, so here's the deal. They're still undefeated. They're in the playoffs, and I I don't. Re- I think they're in the semifinal coming up okay. this weekend, but they are undefeated, and here's what I love most about this. Now, I did UC Davis football for 14 years, yeah, and relax. Davis pretty much dominated Sac State. I think uh, in my tenure there, we may have lost once or twice, but the tide has changed. Oh, wow. Sac State wow. this year under the direction of Troy Taylor and then Chris Richardson and all those guys from Folsom High School. So they really have made it local and they've done exactly what needed to be done at Sac State. Very similar to what Brian Katz did with the basketball program was being able to get people in Sacramento to stay in Sacramento and play for the Hornets. And now they're a couple of steps away from winning a national championship, which by the way, I hope it happens. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Stingers up. Why not? Let's you know, go. I'll go stingers we, up. We don't have the allegiance anymore. I remember despising Sac State, which was so funny. I was like seven years old. But, I mean, me and my brother and my cousin Zach, we were, you know, hanging out with the UC Davis football team, and we were their best friends. So we couldn't like Sac State. But, uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. And, actually, the Causeway Classic was a great game this yep. year. Davis gave them a good run for their money. But, yeah, Sac State, man, they that's that's wild. Yeah. Can Good we go stingers that. up? Yeah, stingers yeah, up. Stingers up. There you go. Maybe I'll graduate from there someday. <laughs> I haven't finished college. So. <laughs> Get to the finish line as a Hornet. I like it. All right, Max, any final thoughts before we uh, close the chapter on what has been a great episode? I mean, we talked about everything today. Yeah. No, that was great. There's uh, so much more that can be talked about, too, which is awesome about the world of sports. But, yeah, I miss other banter bro tof, but next time we'll be on together. And, uh Go Kings. Seriously, yep. everybody. This is a Sacramento podcast. Uh, my dad has done a great job interviewing so many awesome people in Sacramento. The Kings are a true backbone to this city. Like, it's, you know, at, when I went off to college and people were like, oh, you're a Kings fan, huh? I'm like, it, it's painful, but no, it means a lot to me. It's like, it's amazing. So please, go to a game if you haven't. Um, 
It's so much fun. The Golden One Center is awesome. Uh, go watch the Kings. Go support them because this is the year we're breaking uh, that awful drought. So, yeah, go Kings. All right, there you go. It's Max Buzzard, part of the Banter Bros. And, of course, we do this kind of segment every couple, you know, episodes. or And just catch up. Today was a good catch-up time. So we are going to take a break here from our sponsors once again. And when we come back, we do have a heavy metal thunder segment for you. Today, we are going to look at the 1986 debut of Sacramento's own Tesla. It was called Mechanical Resonance. Do you know any songs off that album? Probably not, huh? No, but I've heard of that band, Tesla, before. I want to say I was somewhere at some point, maybe like Cal Expo, and they were playing. I just remember being like, what is happening? But hey... Heavy Metal Thunder. All right. So there you have it. Tesla's uh, Mechanical Resonance. I'll give it a full rundown in the next segment. Stay tuned for that. A big thank you to Max. We'll take a break and be back with more of Experience the Bus. See ya. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Max Buzzard, Banter Bro. And uh, man, we got to talk about a lot that is good. I liked catching up with Max there, and uh, I always love talking sports. It's one of my first loves, something I wanted to do as a broadcaster and stuff, so it's good to do it in the podcast form. Hopefully, you enjoyed it as much as I did. want to thank our sponsors, R5 Stitch and Print, Pit Boss Jerky, along with Little Whale Swim School and Matt the Mortgage Guy, all four of the people that own those small businesses have been featured right here on Experience the Buzz, starting with Anya Hall. She is featured in episode six. So not only are we talking about Little Whale Swim School, which is the premier swim school in Sacramento, located at 4106 El Camino Avenue, we are actually telling her story. That's what it's all about. And when you hear her story, you're absolutely going to love it. And then you're going to say, I need to check this place out. So again, they are located at 4106 El Camino Avenue in Sacramento. Now we go to episode number 25, and that's where I feature Troy Rousey of R5 Stitch and Print. The cool thing about R5 Stitch and Print is they are there for all of your screen printing and embroidery needs. They have a graphic design artist that's in-house that can help you. They can also create a portfolio, which is very advantageous. I'm a visual person, so I absolutely love that. So you can find them at r5print.com or call them at 916-454-3773. The interesting piece of the story on Troy Rousey is that he actually, right next door to R5 Stitch and Print, he owns a motorcycle apparel shop. Okay, so he's got the motorcycle life that's also a part of his life, and he's a big part of that annual convention or get together in Sturgis, South Dakota. And so we talk about that. So you want to check that out again. That's episode 25. Then you go to episode 26, and we get Joe Green, who is the owner of Pit Boss Jerky. Uh, this guy is like the mad scientist of beef jerky, best beef jerky I've ever had. And uh, basically, our agreement for sponsorship. Is, check this out. I get beef jerky for life. As long as he's a sponsor on the show, beef jerky is coming to the buzzard household. And when he gives me the big bag, it's usually gone in minutes. I mean, in minutes, I because I devour that stuff. It is so good. There are 12 amazing flavors, and I'll let you know how you can get your hands on it in just a moment. But let me tell you the flavors. There's pepper garlic, pit moss original, sweet summer, honey gold, sweet and smoky, and little heat. Those are the six original flavors. Then along came urban smoke. Big Heat, the Keto Mix, which has been a big hit, uh, Raspberry Apple Chipotle, which was my favorite before 
Island Teriyaki and the one that's named after this program, Experience the Buzz, came along. And I hear that Experience the Buzz is actually doing well amongst the public. So that is good. Now, here is the big news. If you want to order and get your hands on Pit Boss Jerky, you're going to call the order board at 916-769-6807. But we shared this news in uh, the first break, and that is that now Pit Boss Jerky is featured in Amy's Hardware and Ace Hardware. I can tell you the location of Amy's. Uh, there's two in Sacramento on El Camino Avenue, and then the newest location in El Dorado Hills, and they are also featured in Knee Deep in Auburn. And finally, uh, in episode number 28, uh, we featured Matt Gouget, who is Matt the Mortgage Guy, and uh, his group, they uh, specialize in refinancing, loans, buying a house, selling a house. They take care of you. They take took care of myself and my wife. Uh, we went through a refinance, uh, yeah, I'd say almost about a year ago. From start to finish, took us about a month. In addition, not only did we do well with the refinance and everything worked out, uh, we were able to lower our bill from our flood insurance and our home insurance. And that was all through Matt and his team. So not only are they helping people in Sacramento, they are also helping people nationwide. That's because Matt... Uh, because of his success on YouTube, is now partnered with U Mortgage. So I would definitely check him out, mtmg.com, 916-802-9291, and check out Matt's YouTube channel. Just look up Matt the Mortgage Guy. He's got over 500 videos, uh, over a million views, and uh, he also does a live show every Monday at 6, and then has added on to that, he does a weekly podcast called Get Better Every Day. So big thank you to our sponsors. And now let's get to our final segment. Very excited to bring you. It's been a while. It's Heavy Metal Thunder, and today it's featuring Sacramento Zone, Tesla, and it's their debut album from 1986. It is Mechanical Resonance. Enjoy. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss an episode of Experience the Buzz by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. It means everything. Now, back to the show. Heavy Metal Thunder. It is back. It's been a while, and uh, we appreciate you being around for this segment. Uh, this is for the metalheads out there that go way back. Uh, we have covered some classics within this segment. And uh, today we are going to be looking at Sacramento's own Tesla. That's right, their debut album, which came out in 1986. It was December. I was a junior in high school. Remember it very well. And the opening track right here, Easy Come, Easy Go. I'll let it kind of lead in because the beautiful thing is that this band, not only from Sacramento, they had the dual guitars, great sounds, but to me it really was the vocals of Jeff Keith that brought it all together. And so we're just going to kind of give you a taste because you talk about a great debut album. There was no doubt that I was loving this one. And I don't know if it was because of where the place I was in. And of course, you had the Sacramento affiliation. Yeah, I guess that's all part of it. But 12 songs, 53 minutes, 39 seconds. And it did rise to number 32 on the charts. Uh, that was in April of 1987, so the end of my junior year. What was great about Tesla is that you had the hair metal bands. But they were just like the regular Joes, right? They were the jeans and t-shirt. They didn't do any of the glam. And here we go. We got to get a little taste of Jeff Keith, right? Comes in. You're like, oh, man, okay, I like this sound. And it's good. It's real good. But the cool thing is when it revs up. Well, anyways, let's get back to it. Uh, the original name of the band was actually City Kid. And they would play at places, especially the Oasis Ballroom. Here it comes! Come on, right? 
Oh my gosh. So good. So good. Okay, I'll fade it out. And we're going to give you the nuts and bolts and then, of course, uh, you know, give you some other taste of this great debut album. Again, Jeff Keith, lead singer, and then guitarist Frank Hannon, bassist Brian Wheat, Troy Laquetta. They kind of remind you of bands like, you know, a Night Ranger, Striper. Do you guys remember Striper? Little Danger, Danger, Damn Yankees. They even went on tour with David Lee Roth. In fact, before David Lee Roth... Um, there were a couple bands that were within this genre that were very impressed with, with them, and especially a great white lead singer, Jack Russell, who started kind of spreading the word. And as the band was trying to figure out who was going to be their producer, I know Jack Russell was a big part of that. And then when they got their producers and then put out Mechanical Residence, they were quickly asked by, drum roll please, that's not a really good drum, but Def Leppard, that's right. In fact, Tesla went out on their very popular Hysteria tour, right? Def Leppard was huge in the 80s. And so to be the opening band for someone like Def Leppard, that was really going to get your name out there. And that truly changed everything. So let's break down what is going on with this great album. You know, um, there are really some great songs. I have my top three, but as I was listening to this, you know, it's outside of the 10 songs that I like to see on an album, but from top to bottom, this is pretty solid. You get that easy come, easy go, which is the introduction, but then you follow up with this. I mean, a little coming at you live. I mean, just just listen to this. You're like, what's going on here? And I remember hearing this for the very first time, like, wow. Okay, and then you get the little guitar going. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Very good. Very good. Number two track. Oh, man. It revs up. It revs up really good. I, I, I Bring it in. Right here. Drums coming. Not yet. Wait. Guitar. Back to the guitar. All right. So good change on the name, right? City Kid to Tesla. Named after the 20th century genius Nikola Tesla. I think he was a scientist of some sort. All right, so you're feeling this open. It's still going. I mean, we're almost a minute in, but then the drums hit. And then it's all over. Right there. Yes! So to me, this was like going to launch it, right? Like, Easy Come, Easy Go is a great opening track, but then you get Coming At You Live. And here we go. Jeff Keith, once again. That drums, boom. I mean, we're a minute 13 in. I mean, that sounds so good. So good. Okay, wait. It revs up a little bit more. Just a great song. Here it comes. Oh, man. So good. I'm just taking it in like a fine glass of wine. All right, very good. Okay, so let's continue on. We were talking about a couple of the tracks that we're hearing on this great album, Mechanical Resonance. I know you're like, man, what's the rating going to be on this one? Well, I'm not even there yet. I mean, getting better. Too Late for Love, which, by the way, has a great opening line. I can't believe this effed up world we're living in. And then, boom, gets into the song. You get me, rock me to the top. We're no go good together, which is kind of a slowdown. And then to me, and I'll just go ahead and reveal it right now. My top song it was the number seven track, Modern Day Cowboy, right? And let's go ahead and cue that up. And uh, man, you know, just the, right? Just the USS, USA versus the USSR. And it's strange because 
I was trying to think, was that even going on in the 80s? Whether it was or not, it was kind of a cool song, right? And the lyrics are great, and then... Oh, man, good stuff. Little modern-day cowboy. Then you go to changes. So, really, you're on this roller coaster of fun with Tesla. And then we have a little fun with little Susie, followed up by Love Me. And now we're at the 10th track, and you're like, okay, 11 and 12, going beyond what Buzzard likes. You get Cover Queen and Before My Eyes. And you know what? Just, again, from top to bottom, so, so good. And, of course, I'm going to let Modern Day Cowboy kind of play out as I speak here. Top three, and I went ahead and did top four because there's really a lot of good tracks on this one. Number four, I'm going to go with Love Me. I love this song. you got to check it out for yourself on Spotify because we take all of my top songs that um, I tell you about and we put them on a Spotify playlist that you can check out. Little Susie comes in at number three. Number two, coming at you live. And then number one, this song right here, Modern Day Cowboys. So good, so good. Okay, to the chorus. And it's a showdown. Uh-huh. So good. Oh, man, it was so fun listening to this one. You know, so, so good. Good stuff. You know, Tesla did it right. And I think they were, I feel like they were underrated, right? They did have follow-up albums, which was The Great Radio Controversy in 1989, which I thought was really good. Uh, but if we're counting the number of songs that I liked, did not compare to Mechanical Resonance. The three that I liked off that one, Hang Tough, Heaven's Trail, No Way Out, and Love Song. Love Song was huge, right? It was like an anthem. And in fact, when they did the video, they uh, filmed that at Cal Expo Amphitheater. Now, here's the strange thing. You would say, man, you seem like you really love this band. I never saw them in concert. I'm like, that's terrible. How did I miss them? And then after the great radio controversy, uh, they did Psychotic Supper, which, by the way, went higher in the charts. But I have to admit, Psychotic Supper did not do it for me. Okay, so it was pretty much, you know, two albums and done for me for Tesla. I know they still kind of tour, maybe locally and stuff. And I think that the original bandmates are still together. But let's go ahead and get to our rating of this classic. Again, Tesla, Mechanical Resonance. And I'm going to say I was counting the number of songs that I liked out of 12. Like, I like nine of them. Like, nine of them are really good. And the three, I wouldn't even say that I would throw away. I think they they made sense within what they were trying to do. Like, I would have done Coming At You Live as the number one track and put Easy Come, Easy Go down a little bit further. Uh, changes, you know, a little bit slower, but still good. And then Before My Eyes, I would have just finished with Cover Queen and been good, okay? But again, um, like I said, top four with four or five other great ones, I am going to give this one, Tesla Mechanical Resonance, a 9.2. Yeah, it was good. And I think it has a lot to do with the time of my life. I was in high school. Again, the Sacramento connection and the fact that I love this music and it wasn't hair metal, okay? And I loved hair metal. It's just that Tesla represent, represented something just a little bit different and they had the local ties. So there you have it. That is Heavy Metal Thunder, Tesla's Mechanical Resonance. We give it a 9.2. That's all I got for now. Talk to you next time. Goodbye, everyone. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Really, really, really appreciate it today. A lot of fun. Got to talk sports with my son. I'll take that any day of the week. And then, of course, I love 
Heavy Metal Thunder. We told you about First Look. Check it out. I am so grateful. The one person I really want to thank, and I probably don't do it enough, or maybe I do, I don't know, but Michael Kenobi, my producer, who does a bang-up job. He has actually been the godsend for me uh, because not only does he edit, which was the big thing I needed when he came on board, but he really has taken the show to another level. Before Michael, I did not have a YouTube channel. I looked into it, but to me, it was too over my head to figure out. The production value, especially on the video side, is top shelf okay this is what michael specializes in and he does a great job and he puts together just great final pieces and i'm so grateful for that and it's been a lot of fun doing the heavy metal thunder and the first look and then getting some you know a little bit of success with the first look segments we absolutely love it so i know i said that a couple times but that's how i feel so there you go that is the final word and of course we'll have another guest for you next week as we uh, approach wow the end of the year 2022 and again, we're still going strong and loving every minute. So I am your host, Steve Buzzard. That's all I got for now. Talk to you next time. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining Steve this week on Experience the Buzz. Steve would love to hear from you. Leave a review or contact Steve directly with any questions at scbuzzard at gmail.com. To see the other adventures of Steve Buzzard, be sure to visit buzzardball.com.